What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Yes, and welcome into another edition of the Ballsy Podcast as we talk Dallas Cowboys football. I'm Sean Bass of Sports Radio 1310 and 96.7 FM, The Ticket. We are joined by Barry Horn and Evan Grant in studio this week. And on our phone line right now is we are just a few days away from the NFL draft as the Cowboys hold the 28th pick in round one Thursday night. We're joined by Dane Brugler, the NFL draft analyst of CBS Sports. Dane, thanks for the time this afternoon. No, of course. Appreciate you having me on. Well, I'm sure you're, you've been a very busy man. I'm sure that you're uh, slapping together mock draft after mock draft and talking to many people. So thanks for the time. And obviously we're going to focus a lot on the Cowboys and what they're going to do at 28. And we had the big pre-draft press conference yesterday where Jerry and Steven and Jason Garrett get up and kill an hour after DeMarcus Ware uh, retires as a Cowboy. And I think the consensus is they're going to take a defensive player at 28 and primarily maybe a defensive back after the exodus in free agency. Just throw out some names that uh, you're seeing that could be a really good fit in the secondary. Yeah, I think that's uh, absolutely what most people think. It's going to be a defensive player. Uh, if the right pass rusher is there, then I think that's the direction they go at 28. But there's no question that the secondary needs help, both at corner and safety. Uh, it might be a little surprised if they went safety, I think. It's, then you'd have, what, two safety, uh, first-round safeties in the last three years. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if uh, maybe this team values the safety position that highly, especially considering Barry Church was an undrafted guy. J.J. Wilcox was, I believe, a third-round player. So, you know, I, I think they feel comfortable with maybe some safeties they can get, even if, you know, Heath is uh, your starter for this this season. So I think corner is the position uh, we're, we're looking at here at 28. And it's it's really uh, fortuitous that the need or the strength of this draft line up with the Cowboys' needs at 28. I think there could be both pass rushers and corners there uh, that they'd be interested in. And Adoree Jackson, the USC corner, is the name that I've mocked to the Cowboys the last few weeks. And as I map out my final mock draft, is one that I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, he doesn't have maybe the size that Will McClay and, and the scouts uh, traditionally look for at the corner position, but he has the length as in terms of the arm length, and I think that matters more than height uh, in the eyes of Will McClay. And then you also factor in that he's a world-class athlete uh, and uh, what he can bring to the, uh, to the team as a return man. Uh, he, he can help in a lot of ways. So I think a Dory Jackson from USC would be on the short list. Well, with Skandrick being a, a primary slot corner, is a Dory Jackson, even though he's not very tall, could he be on the outside and, and thrive there and stay there? Yeah, yeah I think he could. Um, and ideally, as a rookie, it's probably not what you want. You probably want to start him off uh, in the slot mm-hmm. uh, or you know, sub-packages where uh, you, know, you keep Anthony Brown on the outside or Nolan Carroll and maybe even Skandrick, push him outside if you can uh, to accommodate Jackson. But, you know, I think 
it's obviously a lot different than last year. For, last year, we're picking top five. You know, we're looking for an impact player from day one, whether that was Ramsey or Bosa or, or Z. With at the twenty eighth pick, it's it's obviously much different with the player that you're going to receive. And there's only so many guys that can step in from day one as an outside corner. Now, you know, Tre'Davious White from LSU, I think he is one of those corners that could do that potentially. He's a four year starter from the SEC. Uh, a guy that uh, he can play zone, can play man. Uh, his matching skills with his lower body quickness uh, is outstanding in terms of mirroring the routes of the receiver and staying within arm's length uh, throughout the throughout the route. So Tredavious White, I think if you're looking for more of an outside corner who can play right away, Tredavious White makes sense. Uh, but I think at 28, you're looking for the best possible player, and that's why I think a Dory Jackson is very much in play. What about, All right, if, if, uh, if uh, a uh, if the Cowboys are... I raised my hand, Barry. <laughs> I signaled. There was no signal. I, s- I didn't know you were paying That's attention. That's why I'm the bus driver here, guys. If if Adore Jackson <laughs> is the Cowboys' target, what competition do they have for him at 28? Uh, well, I think when you look at the end of the end of round one, uh, you know, teams picking in front of them, uh, you have teams like Seattle, they need a corner. Uh, uh, Kansas City is a very strong candidate to take a corner. And then after Dallas, uh, you have Green Bay right behind them. So 26, 27, 28, 29, uh, it's realistic that we could see uh, four teams looking strongly at the cornerback position. And this corner group is a little different because after Marshawn Lattimore, the corner from Ohio State, he's likely going to be a top 10 pick. After he comes off the board, corners 2 through 10, there's no consensus. Uh, you know, Dory Jackson will be the number two corner for several teams in this draft but he'll also be the fifth or sixth best corner for some other teams. So it really just depends on uh, you know how each team stacks their corners on the draft board, but there will be no consensus. You talk about Gary on Conley from Ohio State, Kevin King from Washington, Marlon Humphrey from Alabama, Tredavious White from LSU that we just mentioned. There are a lot of different corners in the mix that uh, it's really hard to peg down who will be available at 28 and then what direction they might go. What about if they go uh, for the pass rusher? Who might be there? Similar situation with the, the pass rush at the end of the first round. Uh, the difference being, I think we're going to see a, more of a run on these pass rushers earlier in the first round, just because, okay, obviously the most important position in football is the quarterback. The second most important position is the guy that can get to the quarterback. And so pass rush is king. We're going to see those guys go early. Uh, after Miles Barnett, Charles Harris, I think both two of those guys are in the top 20. Uh, and then in the 20s, that's when we might see guys like T.J. Watt, Taco Charlton, uh, Tyus Bowser come off the boards. And Bowser's really the interesting one, the pass rusher from Houston, uh, a player who uh, I know the Cowboys like quite a bit. Uh, and, you know, Rod Marinelli, he, he loves those right ends that can wrap the edge and really put pressure on the quarterback, disrupt the rhythm of the backfield. And that could potentially be Tyus Bowser, who it was frustrating watching him at Houston because in their 3-4 scheme, he played outside linebacker, right. but they would ask him to drop. They, uh, you know, Basically, he was a Ferrari kept in the garage. But when you look at the athletic testing and the, his movement skills, when you work him out, man, he, he is a fun player. And I think Tyus Bowser uh, is a name that Dallas fans need to keep in mind depending on who's there at 28. So in a perfect world, is he is, – is he the pass rusher you would like to see the Cowboys get? In a perfect 
world. I'd like to see T.J. Watt uh, in Dallas. I think, you know, let's, let's just call him T.J. Smith for now. Let's throw out the bloodline. So let's, what? Let's throw that out. Yeah, so, so with that, we don't let that influence us, okay? So let's call him T.J. Smith for right now. And you just watch him on film, and you, you, you see what he offers. I mean, he blew up the combine. Uh, I mean, he was outstanding in all those drills. So he had some athletic upside. Uh, this is a player who was a quarterback in high school. He was recruited as a tight end. Didn't move to defense until last season, 2015. Uh, then didn't start until 2016, and he played that hybrid stand-up rush uh, edge player in Wisconsin's 3-4 scheme. Uh, so he's not a traditional put-your-hand-on-the-ground uh, type of guy. But when you look at uh, you know the total package, uh, you know I think you project him that he can be that way because he's six four and a half, two hundred and fifty-two pounds, still growing into that body, uh, big hands and long arms, and he knows how to use them. Uh, so the technique, uh, the way he understands hand use and how to break down blockers uh, for such a young player at the position, just in terms of football years, uh, very encouraging. And then the athletic testing that projects that upside. I'd like to see T.J. Watt uh, at 28 for the Cowboys, but uh, you know he might not be there. And even if he is there, he might be looked at as a conversion guy, and he might not be the ideal fit for what the Cowboys are looking for, even though he was uh, one of the – uh, top 30 visits for this team. Well, I was I was going to ask you, Dane, that what makes you think that T.J. Smith will be available? Because I consider this guy <laughs> to be a thousand watt star in the making. Well, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not wrong. And it's look, we can't ignore the the last name and how does how much is that after uh, you know? Look, the Wisconsin coaches speak really, really highly uh, of Watt and the work ethic and just how, how hard he goes in practice and in games. And basically, it's what you would expect with a player with the last name Watt. Uh, but obviously, J.J. Uh, Watt's one of the best defensive players, best overall players in the National Football League. And for T.J. Watt, you know, he's going to be known as J.J.'s little brother right. until he makes a name for himself. But I think this is the type of player who thrives on that. He wants to make a name for himself. He wants to be known as, uh, you know, uh, maybe he wants J.J. to be known as T.J.'s older brother and not the other way around. Talking NFL Draft with Dane Brugler here on the uh, Ballsy Podcast brought to you by the Morning News. And i got to ask, and it feels like since Will McClay's really taken over, you don't see Jerry trading up and down as much in the first round as maybe he did in the past. We talked about the defensive backs and the defensive linemen that could be there at 28. What do you think would have to happen for Jerry to trade either up or down this time around? Yeah, it's a great question because it's something that uh, you know we saw in uh, you know a couple years ago, obviously when they moved up for Morris Claiborne, how that worked out. You know, the Demarcus Lawrence trading up for him, how you know that hasn't quite panned out what they expected. Uh, and so you can't be gun shy going into this draft about trading. You have to stick to your board, stick to your strategy. But in this deep draft, when you have players, you know, in the first three rounds that you feel uh, can be starters in this league, it is going to be really tough to trade your second rounder, your third rounder, because those guys are future starters. If you draft correctly, those guys can start on your roster, and that's what this team needs because they need help at pass rusher. They need help in the uh, corner, at safety, uh, you know, at different positions, even on offense. Uh, you know, they need depth uh, that to fill out the roster uh, guys that can help not only in injury situations but in sub package and, and and you know just giving guys uh, breathers. So it would be awfully tough unless someone that they just absolutely love would fall a little bit in the first round. I I can't see them trading up. I think Derek Barnett from Tennessee 
would be uh, the ideal fit for this team. I mean, he is he is the perfect Jason Garrett candidate, uh, just in terms of the way he carries himself. Um, uh, you know, the, the right kind of guy. So it's, it's something that uh, Barnett. Where, where would he have to fall to for you to trade up to get him? I I still find it hard to give up one of those day two picks. Now trading back, that's a different discussion because. Sure. I think there's something to be said about okay picks between picks 20 and 50. They're all all those players are on a similar tier. Uh, you know, there's not huge separation. So, say there's a team in the early second round who wants to trade up into the first to get that quarterback, uh, get that fifth year option. Then, if I have a chance to pick up an extra day two pick, so I you know if I trade out of the first round, but I have four picks on day two, that's something I think they should heavily consider because you still feel pretty good about the talent you can get on day two, and especially in that second round, pass rusher, corner, safety. Uh, you feel like you can get four starters uh, out of that, those day two picks. I want to talk about a football player that might be there around 28, and that's Jabril Peppers, the uh, Heisman candidate out of Michigan, who didn't really have a defined role with the Wolverines. He's probably going to be a safety in the NFL, but then, of course, uh, the news story pops up yesterday that he had a diluted uh, sample at the scouting combine because he was crushing water because he was dealing with some cramping. Uh, he never had any issue in the past. Do you think that's going to be a giant red flag on him, and will that kill any possible day one uh, draft stock for the uh, the Michigan Wolverine? Yeah, and I reached out to uh, a scout buddy to ask him, and he said that it's going to affect him probably not a lot, but it will affect him to some degree because even though it wasn't a failed test, it was a diluted sample. And so he it presumably will enter the league uh, already in the program. So he's going to be tested a lot more. Uh, you know, there'll be a target on his back. And, you know, I, I have not heard anything uh, in terms of drugs being an issue with this player, uh, you know, character being something that uh, teams have to worry about. Right. But it is something that, if you're considering three, four different players in a late first, probably you're more likely to move away from Peppers and choose one of those other guys. So it, it's still possible he could go late first round, but I'd say there's a much better chance of him going uh, in the second round now. And that might have been true before this uh, diluted sample, just because there is so much confusion about what's his best pro position. Is he Can he be a true safety? Does he have to be a nickel? Does the team have to create a hybrid nickel safety linebacker position for him to best utilize his strengths. Uh, a lot of questions about Peppers, but you know he's only a redshirt sophomore. I think once he has a chance to focus on one uh, set of responsibilities, one position, he has a chance to really grow into that and can be uh, you know, more of a polished player, uh, much more than what he is right now. All right, let me ask you about a Texas Tech quarterback, uh, if he's available, Pat Mahomes. Where would he go, and would the Cowboys be absolutely insane to take him in the second round? Well, he, he won't be there okay. at 28, let alone the second round. Okay. So it's, it's something where I, I think he's going to go somewhere in the top 27 picks. I'll put it that wow. way. Um, when you look at it, I think Mitchell Trubisky, North Carolina quarterback, will be the first quarterback drafted, likely somewhere in the top 10 picks. And then Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are both, kind of wild cards in the, the mid-second round. They could go in the teens. They can go in the 20s. Uh, I think Arizona at 13 is a possibility for either one. And then you look at Houston at 25, uh, Kansas City at 27, uh, even the Giants at 23. They've done their a lot of work on these quarterbacks. They might be looking forward towards the future in terms of grooming uh, a quarterback. So uh, there's a lot of possibilities for these quarterbacks. 
but the Patrick Mahomes is uh, he's hot right now. I just in terms of uh, the, the buzz around the league, he's interviewed really, really well. He's a very sharp individual. Uh, the question is how early before he can get on the field. Uh, he's a true junior out of that Texas Tech system. Uh, he's just he's going to be asked to do things at the NFL level that he wasn't asked to do in college. And that doesn't mean that he can't do it. It just means that there's no proven evidence that he, that he has done it before or that he's capable of doing so. so. And a lot of what he does is backyard football. And a lot of it is muscle memory, where I'm not sure how much you're going to fix that technique, tweak those mechanics. I'm not sure how much you'll be able to do with that. Uh, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to be excited about what he can do, but you're going to have to live with the, with the bad as well. Patrick Mahomes, is he is probably the wild card of the first round. And like every year, you know, the quarterbacks, the, they'll, they'll be the storyline of round one, and Pat Mahomes, he'll be the centerpiece of that. Let, let me ask you this then, because uh, Kevin Sherrington is not here, but he, I know if he were here, he would say he's a big advocate of the Cowboys drafting a quarterback. Mm-hmm. What round... Uh, would would you not have a problem with the Cowboys taking a quarterback, and who might that be? I mean, you have to wait until day three. Uh, you know, I just you can't take a quarterback in the first three rounds. Uh, all things considered, I mean, you need help. In those first three rounds, again, you have to come away with three starters in that group, um, at least at, at the minimum. Um, and so you look at day two, and these quarterbacks are going to get pushed up. I mean, Davis Webb, who, uh, you know, a DFW native from Prosper, his dad uh, is a coach in Frisco. Um, you know, he would, he, I'd love to see him in the fourth round, but he's going to go in the second because these quarterbacks are going to get propped up. So on day three, uh, you know, Brad Kaya, uh, you know, a, a, a Joshua Dobbs, I mean, maybe, uh, you know, one of these quarterbacks would make sense. But, you know, we're talking, uh, you know, it's, somewhere in the mid to late rounds. It's it's tough when you talk about these quarterbacks because they're going to go much earlier than they should. And you know, really, Dak Prescott was the opposite of that last year. Uh, you know, all, I think Connor Cook and all these quarterbacks maybe went a little bit earlier than uh, they should have, and Dak Prescott went later than he should have, and Cowboys ended up with a bargain. This year, uh, I think teams are going to be more likely to look for that quarterback early, and it, it's going to be tough. I think it would be smart for them to take a quarterback in the mid to late rounds. Um, you know, C.J. Beathard from Iowa uh, would make some sense uh, in the sixth or seventh round. Sifo uh, Lufau from Colorado, same type of type of thing, sixth, seventh round. At that point, it, you know, these quarterbacks are lottery tickets. You know, maybe then you end up with something, maybe not. But at sixth or seventh round, it's worth the risk. Yeah, but you can keep your Josh Dobbs. That's fine. <laughs> hey. Oh well, just just wait till he goes second round, second or third oh my round. Oh gosh, no. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want any part of him there, but he might go that high. Dane, I, I want to go back to, to Peppers for a second uh, I, because I am intrigued. Do you believe simply on football ability that this guy is a top 25 talent in this draft? That's a tough question because uh, just talking about his talent, uh, you know, there's there's no question about the talent. Uh, this is a player who's 5'11", 215, 4'4", uh, athlete, uh, you know the testing numbers are great. You know, sub seven seconds in the three cone. His ten yard split is great, uh, and he was productive when he was on the field. Uh, in terms of at least uh, when he was coming downhill. Now in coverage, that's the big question mark. And you know you can say that well, you know, no safety was really that great in coverage. But I'm taking a safety in the first round. I need him to at least be able to hold up against tight ends, and that's not something Peppers could do at the college level. But when you project him forward. Uh, kind of like what I was saying before, 
once he has a chance, because at, at Michigan, and I don't blame Michigan for this, Peppers was their most dynamic player. So, sure, play him on offense. Put him as a return man. Play him at different spots on defense. I understand what Harbaugh and Michigan were doing. He's your best. He's your most dynamic player. But in the NFL, when he has a chance, where he, he won't have to spend time in the offensive meeting room. He won't be stretched thin at corner and nickel and linebacker. Just give him one set of responsibilities. Let him focus on that. Let him, you know, develop his, uh, you know, football, you know, the mental side of things at that one position. And I do think that he can develop and, and get better in those areas. So, I, I, he's to me, he's belongs somewhere in the top thirty picks. I would say maybe. Um, but the position confusion, confusion, I know, has several teams kind of backing off just because they're not confident where to play him. Dana, I know you only have a few more minutes with us here. I do want to talk about the very top of the draft and a couple local products, and that, of course, Miles Garrett, that seems like a slam dunk to Cleveland at one, the Arlington Martin product, and then Solomon Thomas seems to be the consensus number two out of Coppell. Uh, just what is your take on their ceiling? Obviously, this is a very deep defensive draft, and to see a couple of defensive ends and a lot of mocks, uh, that just has that has to say a lot about their abilities. It does, and yeah, I think Miles Garrett. He's he's the clear cut number one guy. Um, I think thirty one teams would draft him number one overall, and then you have the Browns who pick a number one. Who knows what they might do? <laughs> you know, they, they're, they're strongly considering Trubisky. There, they are. I mean, are they, or is that just talk? You, is that just talk? I was I, no. I, a source that has never let me down before told me you cannot rule it out. There are there are certain voices in that building who really want the quarterback, really want Trubisky, and they don't think that he'll be there at 12, which really? I agree with. He won't be there at 12. That makes that makes but no I sense guess. to me. As a guy who played one year in college, I can't imagine him not being there at 12, but you you know better than I do. Well, it's look, the Browns have been stockpiling all these draft picks. Go use them. Trade up. You know, Go up and try to secure that quarterback. That's what you want to do. Whoa. But at the number one pick, uh, you, know, you, you can't pass up the pass rusher there. Uh, you know, I, I, my working comparison... Uh, all along has been DeMarcus Ware. And it's hard to compare a, a player who's never taken an NFL snap to a future Hall of Famer. And Miles Garrett's even bigger than DeMarcus Ware uh, was during his playing days. So there's there's so much to like there. Miles Garrett is, is a home run pick for the Browns. I, I still think that'll be the pick. You just you can't rule out quarterback there. And then Solomon Thomas, uh, yeah, right, another DFW product, who, a redshirt sophomore who came out early. Uh, you know, Is he going to be an edge rusher? Is he an interior player? Uh, yeah, but I think he could be a star at either spot because you know, and I, Coach uh, David Shaw just raves about Solomon Thomas and his intelligence, his leadership, uh, the how mature he is at such a young age. And then you also factor in just the physical traits, uh, his athleticism, his speed. Uh, he understands how to use his hands. He's very technically sound. So yeah, Solomon Thomas. I, I don't know where he's going to go. I think he's going to go somewhere top five, top six, uh, maybe number two to the 49ers, although I think the 49ers at two, uh, that's a huge wild card pick. Uh, so they could go in any direction. But I do think Solomon Thomas won't have to wait very long to hear his name called. All right, before we let you run, and we will let you run, uh, we'll hope you do a 4-4 when you run away from us. But uh, <laughs> here, if, if the draft goes perfectly for the Cowboys in the first two days, Give me the three names you'd like to see them come away with. In an ideal world, um, I would love to see uh, the pass rusher T.J. Watt at uh, in the first round. Uh, you know, you you get Rod Marinelli, that right defensive end who can scream off the edge. Uh, and then at the round two, uh, I think you really need to go corner at that point. And Cordrea Tankersley from Clemson, uh, very talented corner. 
four four athlete. He's uh, he's north of six foot. Uh, a lot of traits and off man coverage. That's why he's there at sixty, possibly. Uh, but I think you can work with that. In the third round, if we're going pass rusher corner, well, let's just go with the safety at that point. Uh, Justin Evans from Texas A and M, Xavier Woods from Louisiana Tech. One of those two guys uh, would be a good fit at, in the late third round if they're there. Dane, outstanding stuff. I know you're a busy man this time of year, especially this uh, time of the week as we get closer to the draft. Thanks for the time this afternoon, and uh, we hope to talk to you down the road. Enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. All right, there he goes. That's Dane Brugler, NFL draft analyst. You can find his work at CBS Sports and all over the web. A good follow on Twitter as well. And he knows what he's talking about, and he makes people like us sound a whole lot smarter about the NFL draft, which has become a real cottage industry, and he's one of the, the brightest minds out there. Evan, where do you know Dane from? Dane was the uh, in a long line of incredible Frisco Rough Riders uh, PR men and play-by-play guys. Dane was uh, there five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, maybe. It, it, they've had a good run. Frisco's had a good run. They've drafted well. Um, better than the Cowboys, probably. Well, I mean, you know, you don't Hang get on, much though. better than Aaron Goldschmidt, uh, who was basically in the big leagues as an announcer about his 30th birthday, and he's really good. I don't mean to bog he's, into he, He's with the Mariners, correct? correct? Yeah. I don't mean to bog into draft talk. Are we to the point now where we can't criticize how the Cowboys draft much anymore, considering since Will McClay's been there, if you look at the year-by-year projections – they're getting better grades than they used to. They're not taking the real ballsy, crazy risks. They're not, uh, you know, trading multiple picks just to go get one veteran guy. It feels like, especially over the last few years, they're doing a good job of stockpiling talent. Can I disagree with you? Sure. Because how about you got to hit on your second pick in the draft, the second round pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Have they hit on the second round pick? Last we don't know about the last second round. Yeah. Pick. Okay. How about the second round pick from the year before, Randy Gregory? Are you going to work this all the way back to Gavin? You know what, though? I, I don't mind I don't mind a talent-evaluating uh, group like that taking a risk on a Randy Gregory the second, who had a first-round grade, and because of his pot issues and his and, and But nobody else, nobody else jumped on him. Well, sometimes that's how you that's how you hit. And, yep. I, and I'm, I'm okay with taking a risk like that for real talent because I think Randy Gregory does have real talent even though he's got his off-field issues. The second round is, your, is, is I, I think – for so many teams, both in the NFL and even in Major League Baseball, is a reach pick. You you try and get a guy who's going to be a contributor in round one. Or somebody you think that slid. Either somebody who slid with a high upside or just a really raw talent that could hit big time. And in the NFL now, there's a new dynamic with how they structure the draft because you have one full day for the first round, then everybody gets to sleep on it and maybe talk themselves in or out of things heading into round two and three the next day. I think that's a big factor in uh, maybe rolling the dice a little bit more these days on second-round picks, which is what the Cowboys Which is what the Cowboys are, are, are. Is everybody doing that or are the Cowboys doing that? Is I, that Jerry Wildcat? I think we're a little close to the situation. I think if you look around the league, there are second and third round picks that don't pan out. That's the difference all between the a second round pick and a third round pick. Sure, sure. Game. I mean, there's a whole round. No, but what, I, what I'm saying is, I, 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 I love it. got days. to hit on the second round. I lump pick. it in days. Uh, the, the day two, they need to do better, obviously, but it's not like they haven't gotten decent players in day two. In recent years, and I think I think it just all circles back to Will McClay. I think he's created a great structure there. I think uh, you have enough people talking Jerry out of things. Uh, see Zach Martin a few years ago with Johnny Manziel. I just think that 
there's been this long established narrative that the Cowboys are always going to do something squirrely on draft day when in recent years they've actually done a pretty decent job compared and to And we don't other know, clubs. you know, again, the second round pick this year this past year was a real reach, but Jalen Smith if he's healthy, he could be he could be a major contributor and he could essentially be what amounts to another first round pick in the 2017 draft. That's a very big uh two letter word you you're this, using there. This the big is the philosophy of many clubs Make sure you get a pick who will contribute in the first round. Don't bomb in the first round. In the second round, go big, take a long shot. Based on it's it's based on evaluation, purely of talent more than anything else, and that's why clubs look at projection and all that. And I don't think the Wonderlick scores come in that much. I don't think personal interviews come in that much. It is about could we get another number one talent? Even substance issues don't always factor in in round two. <laughs> right, we saw that with Gregory. Randy, with Gregory. Mm-hmm. I, I think though you you can take the risk one year. To you, you cannot take a third risk in the second in a second round right now. The Cowboys have got to land starters. Man, in, if they went and got draft. three defensive backs with their first three picks, are we, are we mad? No, no, not at all. Especially none of whom ex- would be a re- none of whom would be especially a with the exodus they've had this offseason in the secondary. Mm-hmm. But it would be, I think it'd be nice to get a pass rusher in there because a good pass, as you know, sure. you don't have to be a rocket science. No, a pass rusher could make the secondary. Too. And I'm sure next week we'll probably do a breakdown of how the Cowboys did in the draft. I would I would assume if as we're producing a week from now, that's probably is that what we're going to do. I, I'm who guessing, are we going to bring in? Uh, well, we can figure that out. We got a week. Oh, I don't There's know. a lot of talking heads out there. And by the way, Dane Brugler was a really good get. So he was good, great. Good job, guys. Well, that was Evan. That's an Evan get. Uh, you know, you're still working on getting Jerry Jones. Remember how you were going to get him? Do you want to have him? I've said, one of his. When I talk to him, one of his demands would be that you sit that week out. Is that okay? <laughs> you get Jerry Jones. I'll sit out. I don't think Jerry would want me to sit out. I, th- I think. I think I might have missed my window of opportunity because Jerry was talking to everybody. I mean, and I mean everybody before the Hall of Fame vote. Mm-hmm. You, you, you could. And now I think he, he's pulled back a little. So, so let, basically, you failed. I have. Not, did was there a deadline? It's been a year. Okay. I will get Jerry Jones. If we're on spitballing, this we should try to get Will McClay. Because if you want to talk about Do you about, ever hear Will McClay anywhere? Uh, yeah, we've had him on our show on Sunday. He's on a Sunday show. He'll do this podcast. Well then, then get let's him let's, let's 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 use right. your chops. All Write right. it down. Get Will to McClay. Book my first guest for the Sean, Ballsy Podcast. Use those producer skills. Oh, I don't have many, but that I, you used so well for so long. Was know. he good? Was he a good guest? Oh, it's when fan, he was yeah, on. He was fabulous. Yeah, I mean he he knows his stuff. And oh, I know he knows his stuff. And but what did he share? He's good on air, and he's the former head coach of the Dallas Desperados, so he has a very good relationship with the ticket. So I think he he could he could join the Ballsy Podcast maybe even as soon as next week. Wow. If not, maybe the week after because you know. Well, I was going to get Jerry for next week, but I'll, I'll, we'll we'll, def- sure. we'll we'll no 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 we'll we'll uh, yeah. we'll move aside. You were going to get McClay. Jerry Briggs, your neighbor. Jerry Briggs, the fine sports writer from San Antonio. Uh huh. Is is that who you were uh, referring yes. to? Yes. <laughs> your neighbor, Jerry. Jo- my, it's my neighbor Jones. Was it was it my neighbor Jones? Yeah. Was it Black? Whatever. East? We okay. have to go. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry is not my neighbor. I don't live. In the bubble, guys. Lunch is uh, lunch is on the horizon, so we need to uh, pull the plug on this one. But again, thanks to Dane Brugler who had some awesome draft analysis. Go find his stuff online. For Evan, for Barry, and for Brian, engineering making us sound good. I'm Sean Bass of Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket, and we will talk to you next week on the Ballsy Podcast. Enjoy the draft, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya. Yeah.